46. Welcome to episode 10 of Winging It. We made it to the bye week, heading into week 7, completely unscathed. The only undefeated team in football after a huge win over the Dallas Cowboys last night on Sunday Night Football. Andrew and I are so excited that we could not wait to get this podcast out. So we're bringing it to you a day early. Andrew hit me up and said, hey, you got plans tonight? You want to get this out? I'm like, yeah, the Broncos are playing. I got nothing going on tonight. So, Andrew, <laughs> dude, I am still wired. I feel like I'm actually just starting to crash right now. I feel like I have been – I barely slept last night. There was so much going on at the stadium, and I I can believe that we're 6-0. We predicted we'd be 6-0, but holy crap, man. It's like insane to think that we're actually there. I don't know – what to do with myself right now. I like this is the best week into two week span of being an overall Philadelphia fan. And I mean, let's not, so let's make mention also it's playing into our decision to try to do this a day early, not only because it's so fresh in our minds and we want to just share the excitement, but also we have new, we have, we have Phillies baseball, a new series is about to start tomorrow night. The Sixers are about to start tomorrow night. Like, it's madness, man. And and just the, the Eagles are just the complete icing on the cake. They're six and oh. We beat our the team that we love seeing them beat more yes. than anyone. And you were there. And like we haven't really talked much about your experience. We could hear everything coming through the television, obviously. Dude. Uh, what time did you get down there and just yeah. try to – I just want to just paint that picture the best you can. Yeah, dude. I'll walk you through the day. So, um, man, you know, for, first and foremost – I'm just going to come right off the, the the top and say it that this was the best Eagles game I've ever been to in my entire life. The best. It, it was so loud that it was almost uncomfortable for me. The okay. place was literally rocking, Andrew. You have I a mean, crying baby and it was too loud for you. It wasn't that it was like too loud, but like I actually thought like the the structural integrity of the building may not be able to hold us. <laughs> I mean, people were jumping, people were hitting on chairs, people were screaming, like everything was literally shaking. So, you know, to, to start off the day, um, the traffic getting down there was absolutely unprecedented. I mean, dude, I had to take a leak really bad, and I just like saw the parking lot in front of us, and we just like weren't moving. It was actually awful. <laughs> but the thing that's crazy is now I'm not the biggest tailgater in the world. Um, I do like going. I like hanging out, having a few a few parking lot beers. So I'm like you know two hours tops. I got down there three and a half hours before kickoff, so a little bit after five, and the overlot. The overlot parking lots were already filled to the brim. I was actually worried that even though I have a parking pass, I wasn't going to be able to get a spot. So the lot that I usually park in already filled. The overflow lots were filled three hours before. 
And here's also something really crazy as we were heading into the stadium and sitting with everybody. There were hardly any Dallas fans. And that's really odd, especially in a year where they're doing pretty well. It's a primetime game. Like Jason and you discussed yesterday, everybody knows that Dallas fan that's there. So the biggest turnout I've ever seen for another crowd was the 49ers uh, opening uh, weekend. I think that was last year. It was a whiteout game, right? I would say 10 to 15% of the crowd was 49ers fans. And at the link, that, that's pretty heavy. I would say maybe 2 3% here. It was wild. There was not a lot of Dallas fans here. I think because I think they know that the Eagles are good. And if 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 you if they can't rub it in our face any way that they can, then they're probably not going to show up. So I think that they're kind of in a way that to me that's that's signifying admitting defeat. But like Alex, can you imagine and I I originally thought that the Phillies were also playing at home on Sunday. I'm so glad that I was wrong about that. Didn't realize that they we're going to go back to back to back games if they needed to go back to Atlanta, which thank goodness they didn't need to. But like, I can't even imagine if they had to play like a four thirty baseball game before the start of an eight twenty football game. Like would our fans have enough energy to even bring it as much as yeah. they were able to. So it was so <laughs> nice that we could actually have a breather from the Phillies yesterday and we could just go full throttle on the Eagles. Cause it came through, man. It really came through as we were watching the game. So, so here's the here's the the thing that just set it off, man. So we're in there, no empty seats right away. Even like up until like three, four, five minutes into the game, you got people still coming into the stadium. I would say that every seat was filled right at the anthem and everything. And typically, at every Eagles game I've ever been to for as long as I can remember, they always play this opening montage of Rocky, you know, just win. And they play the clips and then the fireworks and the Rocky music. And it wasn't that this time they had Meek Mill come out on this, the, um, onto the sideline was rapping over it while everyone was setting up AJ Brown, by the way, went nuts. The dude was totally geeking out. Andrew, everybody hopped up out. Everybody is, is, is rapping dreams and nightmares. And like, it was, Dude, I have chills just thinking about it now. We used a little bit of insane. We used a little bit of AJ soundbite talking about how lit Philly is because he he in his in the in the post game when he was being asked about the atmosphere, he's just like, I can't like like this is the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. Like this is a regular season yeah. football game, and this place is insane. So I want to also add because I Tom Petty uh, won't back down like. Hey, yes. baby, yeah. like loud, clear as day on the TV. And then also I love how ridiculous that like dancing on my own is becoming like this is becoming the <laughs> yeah. theme song of Philadelphia. It has nothing to do with anything, but it's catchy. I freaking love that. And, song. and, and dude. And, and then another thing is, so the game started, Dallas gets the ball first. And one thing, you know, we sit up in the club. If, if you're interested in getting season tickets, you can listen to the first episode on this. We may do a revamp of that since we have more listeners now on how I was able to get season tickets. But up in the club level where we sit outside and everything, it, it's not the most rowdy group of people. Not everyone's on their feet all the time. I mean, I don't, I don't want to downplay because it gets really loud and really intense. But I'm telling you, we stood for like 35, 40% of the game. Nobody wanted to sit. It was wild. You had you had you had 
old ladies banging on the back of chairs, screaming. You have little kids. It's way past their bedtime, screaming at the top of their lungs. Like, dude, it was amazing. It was just so That's energy, amazing. And like my wife said when I came home, like she couldn't even hear the refs talking. There's an, an announcer that says, you know, second and eight. We didn't hear anything. We didn't hear anything. <laughs> it was just pure pandemonium the entire game. Third quarter did uh, was deflating. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and then at the end of the game, 70,000 people came out. The parking lot was an absolute zoo. We were stuck. We were like gridlocked for like a good hour and a half. But dude, we were outside. People had their barbecues back on. Football tosses were going. Me and my dad got out. We're eating tomato pie, high-fiving people. Like, we didn't even care that we were stuck and couldn't move. Dude, it was the best game I have ever been to in my life. And I've been to a playoff game, but we lost that playoff game. We were in command of this game. We won this game against yeah, our rivals in the biggest sports weekend that we've ever seen. I know it I'm sounds going like, on, but I, yeah. can't, I, can't, I can't explain it to you how magical it was, dude. It sounds like you need the you need a bye week in yeah, the worst I way. I do. <laughs> and it sounds like most people that were there, I hope most of, most of the people I'm sure asked to have off from, from work today, they probably needed a day of recovery. But uh, take it. I, well, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was just about to say right there. I, I went to say like four different things and it just came out as a gargle. Anyway, should we do it, man? Two up, two down. Should we start to get into this game? Alex and Andrews, two up, two down. All right, so I'm going to kick us off with our two up today. And it has to start with what we just talked about. The atmosphere made the change, and you can't tell me that it did not. We saw players that were confused. We saw Zeke not knowing which way to line up. The crowd absolutely brought it. Andrew, do you think home field advantage like in, in a place like Philadelphia? So, so here's, here's my question to you. Odds makers go, they typically give the home team plus three points right off the bat. It's kind of like the gold standard in what they do. Do you think a game like heading into the link on prime time, do you think that's under or overvalued in that situation? Against a division opponent, I think that is safe as can be. I I think that playing in Philadelphia should, by all counts, give the Eagles a heavy advantage. But I'm not going to pretend like I haven't watched seasons of Eagles football where it seemed like they couldn't win at home, but they could win on the road. And it's like, how, when you have this advantage, how are you not able to win in your own house? This year, though, that feels, well, everything feels different this year. So playing in Philadelphia feels like that 12th man. We're not going to steal that 12th man thing from Seattle. We have the 11th and a half, uh, half, half guy. And it's just my favorite thing. It's just the commentary that I'm hearing Everybody is just talking about how rowdy it is. Friends are hitting us up on our podcast page and Instagram and reaching out to me and been like, dude, you guys absolutely brought it. Here was an interesting thing. Three, three unsportsmanlike conduct penalties were called last night. Two of them were on the Cowboys. I'm up in the stands screaming. I'm like, how do you get unsportsmanlike conduct on the road and you're losing? How is that even possible? You know those guys like Brandon Graham. You know that uh, uh, Gardner Johnson and you know the Philly crowd is getting this team so incredibly frustrated that it's making them play themselves. 
30 yards in penalties right there. Absolutely amazing to see that just the chatter, the momentum, and that Philly crowd bringing it to really, I think, make a really big difference in the game. And I'll also, just to add on to that, like, I mean, I'm I'm getting visions right now of Kirk Cousins, you know, with his with his hands over his helmet <laughs> trying to hear. But honestly, I I feel like Kyler might have had to do that last week in Arizona. Like the Eagles have all have presented this home field advantage on the road this year, which may also be a reason why we haven't lost yet, because the fans are everywhere and they show up anyway. Dude, it's it's so amazing. It's just I, I love it. Like it's I beautiful. said, be- best game I've ever been to. Um, I just love being a Philadelphia fan, man. I mean, it it has its ups and downs, but I love the reputation. I love that people don't think we're like the nicest fans. We're the loudest. We're the loudest, and we bring it. Second up is going to be, I think defensively, our man-to-man coverage and our assignments may be the best in the entire league. Surprisingly enough, Skip Bayless was saying that this morning. Dude, you look at that duo in big play Slay and James Bradbury, and you pepper in some Gardner Johnson, you pepper in some Kaiser White and Hassan Reddick. And here's here's the thing I've been hearing all day. Okay, all right, the Eagles are six and zero. Oh, the Eagles are six and zero, oh, but they can't hang with the Chiefs or the Bills. And you know what, Andrew? I'm looking at this defensive secondary. I don't think there's any team we can't go against. The only way, the only time that we've been at loss at, at a threat of losing this year has not been to the pass game. It's been to the run game. You put a team like the Chiefs and the Bills that are a pass-first offense, kind of like the Minnesota Vikings, who how many games have they lost this year, Andrew? And they're a pass-heavy offense? Just one. They I lost think, just one game. Yeah, but we only played the bad teams, right? You, you, here's <laughs> the thing, man. I really think, and I'm really, I'm really, I'm really big on this. I think we'll have a bigger problem against the running teams and the pass heavy teams. Bring Josh Allen here. Bring Patrick Mahomes here. We don't play them this year. Well, we may in the postseason. <laughs> we make it all the way to the final dance. But I think we can hang with those guys. I think it's a non-issue. That makes you know what? That makes the matchup against the Giants very interesting because. Well, first of all, I want to give Jason some some props because he told us last week, and I think it was both to our surprise a little bit, but he was straight up like Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Yeah. And it seems like he is a little bit more of a game manager now um, just because it doesn't seem like they're, they're throwing the ball a ton. But if they're going to really lean on Saquon, then like, you know, that that's like I, I can't wait for that matchup, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. But uh, that's a great point about I think we just saw today. um, that uh, Bradbury and Slay are number one and two in the entire league in terms of uh, like their grade. You know, they're they're at, what is it? The PFF, the fantasy football or not fantasy uh, pro f- focus football focus. Anyway, they give grades out and they're number one and two in the entire league. So that is absurd. So I, I love that point about how we could potentially match up very nicely against the Bills and the Chiefs. And then just really quick, and we'll get into your two-ups, man. I just I just want to say it again, and Jason called this out last week, which, by the way, what an awesome episode. I feel like I've just been looking at the game different ever since we spoke with Jason. Um, seriously, like that that honestly changed my perspective on how I view the game of football. It was, it was incredible. We need to get more players on here. But, um, dude, CJ Gardner-Johnson, 
I love that dude. And he just fits so well in this freaking team and this city. Like you ever like have like a free agent signing and you're just like, yeah, like they're on the team. They're good. I think of Michael Bennett, right? Like he's good. He's a great player. He's not like the Philly guy though. He's just. Who's Michael Bennett? Who we talk about? The, oh, I must have met. The dude with the kicker pads. He played a defensive line. He had the punter pads on the shoulders. He played back in like our Super Bowl era. Michael Bennett. Who is this mystery man? <laughs> You're making people up. Did you create him in Madden? <laughs> am I am I making this up? And if you created someone in Madden named Michael Bennett, I would definitely just Oh, thank I would... God I didn't. Uh no, it's Michael Bennett. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he is all right. I do remember Michael Bennett. Yeah, the defensive end. And he is uh, – did he have a brother who was a tight end? Was that – Yeah, he, the- he wore like the kicker pad. So anyway, what Martellus my point – Bennett. Okay, yeah, we're so, good. So, so where my point with all of that – dude, exactly. He made an impact on the team and you forgot who this dude was. Michael Bennett. <laughs> you forgot who this dude was. That's so funny. But you know what I mean? Dude, you literally pads. just proved my point. We had a guy here who made an impact. He had a ton of sacks. He played in one of the greatest eras of Eagles football in in, in recent years. But it's like he wasn't a Philly guy. He wasn't like he wasn't like you know that. And I just feel like CJ Gardner Johnson just embodies this city, and he loves being here. And dude, they don't yep. even call Darius big play. They on the on the screens is just big play slay. Big play slay. <laughs> another another big Philly guy. It's so funny you forgot about Michael Bennett, dude. That's I love hilarious. that. All right, go well, up into your two ups. I'm glad you brought up Gardner Johnson. Obviously, he had he had two interceptions yesterday. So the first thing I want to make note of is how impressive the Eagles have been in terms of winning the turnover battle. I'm gonna go through this real quick with you. Uh week one, one to zero. Next week, four to one. Then two to zero, then four to one, then one to zero, then three to zero. So those first, the the Eagles have turned the ball over twice this entire season, and they have forced sixteen turnovers. Oh my goodness! Sixteen to two, sixteen to two. One of the most important things that you can do in football. Plus fourteen. Plus, if you win the turnover battle, you are setting yourself up for success. So that fourteen plus fourteen turnover differential. That is insane. It's insane. And when you have a offense that is protecting the football, both of our turnovers have been interceptions, which it it happens. Jalen's not perfect yet. Yet I I said yet so naturally right there. No, he's not perfect yet, but he will be. Um, but none of those have been fumbles. So Miles has been protecting the ball. All the running backs Mm -hmm. have been protecting the balls. We are securing the football, not shooting ourselves in the foot. It's beautiful. On top of that, we had we had three interceptions this past week. We also had three interceptions against the Vikings. Since 2012, let me look here. It happened once in 2021, 2019, one, two, four, five, seven. It's happened 10 times in the past 10 years, and we've intercepted the ball three times in a game twice this season. So we are forcing the turnovers, and we are not turning the ball over. And when you look at the Eagles as being 6-0, and it makes a heck of a lot of sense for that reason. Um, so just they I, that is just it needs to continue, and, and they will continue to win games. My second up is... The second quarter offense, I don't know what it is about the second quarter in particular, but um, (laughs) so first off, Alex, the Cowboys defense has allowed fewer than 20 points every game this season, 
and the Eagles scored 20 points in the second quarter. So bravo Eagles. That is beautiful. They just, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm getting so overwhelmed. Just thinking I know it was so awesome. I know. I know they, so there's about halfway through the first quarter. The Eagles have the ball. They go 15 plays again, just these long drives, 80 yards. Hertz goes six for eight for 57 yards. He, they had that hard count on fourth and four where like, yes, dude. I, oh my God. Yes. How, that place must have erupted afterwards. It, and it's just wild. wild. How did they, how they, that, that should be the one thing that Dallas is thinking of. It's a fourth and, and within five yards, don't, don't jump, don't jump. And they jump. So we got the first down, end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Very next possession for Dallas. We get the interception and then we have the ball next drive, AJ Brown, 15 yard touchdown. Then what was the, uh, what happened after that? Oh, Dallas on the next drive had that, that's, they had the first down and they never challenged it and they went for it on fourth and inches and they didn't convert. <laughs> so we get the ball back again. We end up kicking two field goals. We had another interception in the second quarter also. Like that second quarter was awesome. Yeah. We went into the half up 20 to nothing. Just 23. 23. Oh, that's yep. right. Yeah, you're right. They did they, they get the field goal uh, before the half there. Um, so the Eagles have scored 112 points so far in the second quarter, which is like almost averaging 20 points per second quarter so far. That's that's yeah. absurd. Also, one more thing I want to point out here. Hertz is the only quarterback this season to have over 100 passer rating against the Cowboys. In the first half of the game, Cooper Rush had a passer rating of one. Yeah. One. Oh, no, we saw that. I was calling that out in the stands. I mean, it was like a a, a, a 13 or 23% passer uh, completion percentage. Awful. It was awful. And, and, and that's where, you know, at the end of the game, when we had that long methodical drive, um, again, very similar to what we did in Arizona only. We put a little bow on it, a little, little dink right over the uh, DB to, uh, to uh, Smitty over there. I knew that was a nail in the coffin because I knew – Cooper had to throw and that was it. We needed to stop the run. And I literally said, if Cooper throws, that's game over. And that's exactly what happened. Just well, to I, get him to throw. I, I don't know because I, I actually, I feel like, I mean, we're going to get into the third quarter because it wasn't all lollipops and rainbows. It, yeah, it, it was, I, I, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I did not feel good. It was 20 to 17 and I, Lane Johnson got hurt. Uh, Driscoll was having issues with Parsons. I think we were using an extra tight end to try to obviously keep Parsons. Dude's a beast, man. He's incredible. He's, he's insane. He was everywhere last night. Everywhere. It, it not went, but Lane Johnson shut him down. You know, in the first half. So, so that was that was scary. And then, like, we couldn't tackle. Like, yeah, we were playing with a lead, and they were running the ball. The Dallas was running the ball despite playing from behind. And I'm telling you, it was just six, seven, yeah, eight yards. Go right every into your rush. two downs. Go right yeah, into your two yeah. downs. Yeah. So yeah, my first down is, is the third quarter. And it's, yeah. it's like, we come out, we come out of the gate. We have a nice play to Goddard. It's like, all right, let's get this offense back moving again. Um, and then after that first play, they go three and out. They have the ball for two minutes, give the ball right back to Dallas. Dallas has the ball. They go nine plays, 79 yards. It ends with a with a, an Ezekiel Elliott 14-yard touchdown run. So that drive, Pollard had the ball a couple times, broke some nice runs. Jake Ferguson, their backup tight end, had two catches, which was infuriating. Yep. Um, and then the Eagles' second possession, we only go five plays. First down, we don't run. We pass to AJ. 
Second down, incomplete to Goddard. We lucked out, though. That was one of the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that was on Micah Parsons for, yep. for chirping in his ear. Yep. So then we get a fresh set of downs. We do nothing with it. We give the ball back. Uh, that Cowboys possession, again, they march up the field. They're breaking tackles. We're struggling again. We actually, going into this past week, we entered the week as the lowest grading tackling team in the NFL. Mm. And that is... Not a good trend. I, I actually thought that the tackling had been a little bit better since week one, but that tells me that it's yeah. still an issue. So, um, so, so that third quarter was brutal, and we neither one of us really mentioned the fourth quarter as as one of our ups. But to see them, to your point, as you were making before, to see them methodically end the game the way they did with that long drive to just put the nail in the coffin was incredible. Um, so that's my, my first step. Actually, you yeah, know, these are, these are both of my downs. The third quarter as a whole was terrible. And my second, uh, down is just the, the tackling. And, um, that's, I would have, we didn't have any sacks either. So only one sack last week, zero this week. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit more blitzing. Um, yeah, just, but just keep, just yeah. keep listing every, cause that's all I have too. So you literally just said both well, of mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep listing off everything. And then I have nothing to talk about here. So, all right, cool. On to the next segment. No, I love I, hearing I, my echo. I, 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 I think, <laughs> yes. So my two were one is, is the missed tackles, right? I mean, it was, and, and there were a few times where we got really lucky. I'm thinking about that kickoff drive where, where this dude Turpin, and if you, actually listen to some of his story it's actually pretty incredible now i'm gonna butcher this so if you're a turpin fan but he, i i think he got like a, a shot in the nfl it didn't work out and then he played in like college football and then like xfl and aaf and like all of these like small ancillary leagues but every time he got the ball like on a punt return or a kickoff he was just like a burner and score touchdowns and I, then i think he did in dallas preseason and dude, he has such quick acceleration. The only reason he didn't score on that drive is because he ran into his own player to slow him down to get one of our guys there. He had our dudes beat. And then just looking at a few other times, like just so many missed tackles that it barely got, you know, a Zeke slow enough where someone could come and get him. But like it was, it was bad. The holes were really big. So I I, I think the 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 down there is the run defense just needs to do a little bit of a, of a, of a better job. Um, I think our, like I said, I think our man-to-man coverage is wonderful. I think we can lock down Stefan Diggs. I think we could lock down Jamar Chase. I think we can lock down um, who's the number one, Travis Kelsey over, over, over in um, uh, Kansas city, but we do need to be able to stop the run. Um, second down again is going to be the sacks. I just feel like the defensive line is good enough to be able to get to these guys. Um, not a lot of blitzes. We brought the house a few times where they actually played really well against the blitz there. So, um, would have liked to see that a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball. I don't actually think Jay, I think Jalen played fine. I think the play calling was a little bit suspect at times. Um, I think just Nick you can kind of see it. He's, he's a little bit immature in his play calling sometimes. Um, I think that he is, I think that his mechanics are good. Run the ball fourth quarter. You need to get it down, but I think sometimes he tries to get it back really quick. Sometimes he needs to call a big play or line up five wide and then, Jalen gets sacked. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if mature is the right word. I don't know if you feel me on that. Well, do you feel me on that? I, like, do, do you understand where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, I, I recall 
and this was a little bit more so last year, uh, there were some games maybe earlier in the season where I think he, he was probably still trying to figure things out. But yeah. it, it did seem like if we had an early deficit, instead of just sticking to whatever the game plan was coming into the game, it's like, no, we need to try to get those points back. We need to get back into this game in the next two or three plays instead of drawing out a, a long methodical drive and running the ball. I mean, there was that one game last year where I think we we ran the ball three times the entire game. And that kind of, you know, precipitated this 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 change where we then became this very run heavy team. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you think a two point conversion was the right call there? I'm glad you asked that because that was actually I was curious if that is where you're going with um kind of trying to diagnose what what we're trying to figure out with Nick here and, and tr- trying to judge him. Um, I understand, like, all right. So the scenario is, is that you're up by nine points and you can kick the field goal or the extra point rather to take a 10 point lead, yep. which is then obviously you, the other team needs a field goal and a touchdown with the extra point. Or you make it an 11 point game, which drastically increases your chances of winning the football game. I think given that the Eagles defense hasn't let up 20 points since the first week of the season, I think that he has a little bit of extra. You you can utilize some of that extra trust in your defense, knowing that even if we don't convert this, we're still up by nine points. We're still going to get the ball back again as long as, you know, we don't as long as we recover the onside's kick, if that's what happens. Um, I still think at that point, I, I like the aggress. I, I do. I like mm-hmm. I like him being aggressive. I know it's not by the book, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, just go up by ten. What are you doing? Like, you don't need to get all cute with it. But I think that there is probably some sort of analytic there that says if you convert, your chances of winning is exponentially greater. So, you know what? I like the aggressiveness. I like the trust in the defense. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think during it, so most of the crowd around me was pretty pissed off. I'm not going to lie. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Yeah, pe- people Was it an were... older crowd? Was it older people? Was it a boomer? Was it the boomers that were they didn't uh, like it? Some, some of them, you got some of the purists. You got some of the... I mean, you, you <laughs> have you have a little bit of everything at, at the game. Then you got people that like, literally have no clue what's going on. Um, so I would say that I was actually okay with the call, but I can understand why I thought the play call was a little bad, right? I well, just, it was, a, it was feel, a rush. I think they just tried to run. It, it was, it was, just, it was just like they, a halfback dive or something like yeah. pretty. No, you know what? He was in the pistol. I, I don't understand this whole always under shotgun, always having to back up sort of like, you know, when you're there in the goal line, I just feel like historical goal line formations are always under center. And I just, like, I don't like this pistol. It's a new thing in the NFL. You see five wide, you see pistol, you see shotgun formation right there. I don't know if I'm a big fan of it. Just get them under center. It's less distance to run. And then you have Hertz up there that can, you know, cause some sort of disruption or people at least got to get around them. It's also just because Hertz just gave the ball off and walked and walked to the side, right? And like that, a pistol is a half shotgun formation, right? You got. You're running your halfback behind you, and you're not quite in the shotgun, but like you're not under center. It's like that halfway in between, yeah. like three yards back or whatever. I guess it allows for the option of handing the ball off and then deciding to keep it, if yeah. depending on what he sees with the defense. They actually showed that in um, replay a couple times, just how Jalen, how good Jalen's been at really reading the defensive player. It's like you know, if, if he makes a certain move, Jalen keeps and. 
they, they really did a good job of, of outlining that. So maybe it was one of those scenarios, just again, trusting Jalen to make a, make a good decision. It is a little tough when you're that close to the goal line because it's just nothing but hands and bodies everywhere. So yeah. we it looks so easy to complete a two yard pass, but when there's just mammoths everywhere, like you try squeezing it in those those you know little creases, it's not it's it's it's, it's remarkable yeah. like how easy they make it look. Yeah, um, how about so, a whole so, bunch yeah. of you know get a taste of Landon Dickerson running down your throat? That was <laughs> Chris Collinsworth. What are you saying? <laughs> He did like there was a one Russian play though where he just came over and and just he just Car, uh, Parsons ate it. It was awesome. Oh man! All right, well let's do a quick quick little update here on. Uh, we'll look real quick at the NFC odds. Actually, like real quick, dude. So the Buccaneers lose to the Steelers. The Packers lose to the Jets. The Giants are five and one. The Vikings are five and one. Um, who we, who we dominated, honestly, that, that game was other than the commanders game. That was probably our most dominant performance. The Rams, congratulations. You just beat the Panthers. And even they were losing that game in the second Mm -hmm, half. mm -hmm. I am just like, it's getting harder and harder to not, (laughs) what is going on? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. Dude, who are, who are the teams? I like, I still have to feel like the Buccaneers are the, are the, are the, like, we're a third of the way through the season. I still feel like Tom Brady and that offense is going to figure it out. I know there's trouble in paradise. I know things with him and Giselle are not great. And I don't know if that's the blame. I don't know, Alex, but it's bizarre. I don't understand what's happening. I'm so glad that I don't, I'm, no, I do bet on football. So actually, yeah, it's it is very bizarre. Yeah, I bet on football too. I'm just <laughs> I'm just catching L's, bro. I am just like. <laughs> It's so bad. I'm elbows. I'm even like making ones. I'm like, oh, this is safe. You know, the Buccaneers are going to beat the Steelers. <laughs> it's just, I'll, like just bet, I'll just bet Buccaneers money line done now. It ain't happening. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, to everyone listening, like, I mean, honestly, think about this. Eagles are number one right now in the NFC. Then you got Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Dallas, the Packers. I don't know what's going on there. The 49ers losing to the Vikings, Rams, Giants. Like, it's. It's, oh, the Falcons! Yeah, the 49ers losing to the Falcons by yeah. fourteen. What the heck is going on? Yeah, it's 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 wild, dude. It and then wild. if we look down to the Super Bowl prediction, so Buffalo Bills have the have the highest. Then followed the Eagles, Chiefs, mm-hmm. Bucks, Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. We'll see what it, yeah, you know, I'm curious. We're, we're doing this Monday night. We decided to do this instead of watching the Chargers go against Russell Wilson because we're trying to literally save our own eyes. Um, but I'm curious to see how that game goes tonight. If they if they put up a good performance, I guess you can look at the Chargers as a top five. Te- That's the thing. They're better than the Vikings. They're better than the Packers. Are they better than the Ravens? The Ravens? I don't freaking know what's going on in this world yeah, right now. Ravens, man. It's, it's pretty insane. So oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. here's one thing before we get into our swinging it, which we which we missed last week. Um, you, you, you sent me the spreadsheet that we did of score predictions. I'm sorry, uh, schedule predictions. Now, mind you, this is all hindsight. This is all before the season started. So, you know, we don't actually know, but, um, you, we have the list up here and it's between, uh, you, me and our buddy Vince that was here. And through six weeks, Vince had us at two losses Actually, all three of us picked Arizona to lose. So we actually had the prediction being at five and one and then him being at four and two. It's pretty yeah, wild losing. to think. We all yeah. thought they were going to lose at lose at Arizona, which 
Um, well, it all, I mean, it was a close game, so, it, you know, we weren't that far off, but thank, thank goodness we were wrong. Um, but yeah, and then Vince was the only person to, 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 to take Dallas, um, I guess he he thought Dallas was going to win this past week. So it's interesting because Vince right now is four and two, but he has the Eagles winning 13 games, which is more than you and I originally predicted. And on top of that, the current number for you betters out there, the Eagles number is at 13 and a half, which means they're expected to win 13, 14 games. So um, I don't know, man, like you, you, we look at the rest of the schedule and I know that this has kind of been an ongoing talking point with, with us really having a very, you know, a schedule that's not that difficult. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it, are we, are we going to go undefeated? Dude, I, I, <laughs> even like two weeks ago, I said, that's like a ridiculous thing to say, but like, just, just listen to this Pittsburgh, not playing very good. And we know that we can beat their defense. Well, Houston, you know, it, yeah, Houston. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. Well, Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Houston, not very good. Washington, a total mess where where the coach is even calling out their quarterback play. Well, he's hurt uh, now. Four to six weeks. At Indy. Well, honestly, I think Heineke is better than Wentz, so I think that's fine for them. Yeah. Um, at Indianapolis versus Green Bay, who's not doing too good. Tennessee is kind of just like meh, middle of the road now. Yep. New York, Chicago, Dallas again, New Orleans, New York again. Andrew, I, I, I don't want to say it because we are going – there's always trouble in paradise. You, you you see it right now with the Yankees. They're falling apart here in the postseason too, right? You saw it with the New York Mets. They started off really hot. I know baseball is not football, but it's the only thing I can compare it to right now. Um, well, Yankees are – they might win that series. They won yesterday, but I get your point. I, I'm just saying they, 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 <laughs> should, they should have a pretty convincing win over over the Guardians, but, but not talking baseball here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that like it's possible. It, it is, is possible. possible we could go undefeated, and we do have an easy schedule. I, I do also want to call that out here, but dude, I I don't know, man. I it, I I do think it's going to be. I do think it's going to be a little like you know we we do still have to play New York twice. I think that's going to be very difficult to win both of those games. Um, now, one of the times that we do play them is the very last week of the season, and I guess depending on if we already secure home field, you know. Hopefully, uh, maybe we sit some people. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of curious to see if they keep winning. Like, I don't know. Like, cause having a perfect season is obviously a huge accomplishment. And this is all, you know, this is all very hindsight or not hindsight. Uh, you know, it's just fodder. We're just talking um, just for fun. But like if they get to a point where they're 17 and, or 16 and 0 and, and they have an opportunity to go undefeated, like you have to play your starters, right? You know, you Nick have is, to go you know, for it. You know, you, you know, to. Nick is going to do that. You, you <laughs> know that there's absolutely no way he's not going to do that, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I really don't like getting overly excited, which clearly I, uh, which, which I don't feel like I'm doing a good job of backing up that statement. Cause I'm getting very excited, but, uh, I don't know, man. Like I'm just, wow. God, what a weekend, words. man. This is like words. the best sports weekend, I think, that we're all there ever could be. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, we are underdogs in, in the San Diego series. Uh, we are favorited uh, to win against the bye week. Uh, Sixers are looking <laughs> good. Flyers are looking good. But let's talk a little bit about some of the underdogs with Swinging It. Swinging It! Underdog picks for the week. All right, so... 
have not been doing too good with swinging it, Andrew. We've been trying our best, but we are just a lot of broken glass. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you give us a recap for the last time we had one? Yes, we we took a week off uh, to just kind of collect ourselves. Um, also, because we had a former Philadelphia Eagle on the podcast, which to your point from before was awesome. What the heck, man? Like that just. Like I've this past two weeks has just been complete fantasy. Anyway, uh, so the last time we both selected, you took Seattle. I think you were really into Geno Smith and his high completion percentage. Uh, that was the game that uh, tight end, uh, uh, t- not Tucker. Um, what in the heck? The the t- the tight end slash quarterback. Oh, Taysom. Taysom. Hill. Taysom. The Hill. Swiss Army knife. The Swiss Army knife. Taysom Hill uh, leads the Saints to victory, thirty-nine to thirty-two yeah. over Seattle. And then I took the Browns to beat the Chargers. That was a very close game. The Browns lost by two, thirty to twenty-eight. So again, a quick score recap: I have two whole points, and you have zero. So um, why don't you start us off, Alex? You're due, man. Who are you feeling? All right. So this is actually a big one. I am actually thinking that the Cleveland Browns are going to upset the Baltimore Ravens at home. Wow. Six and a half points. So we'll round it up to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, six and a half point underdog. But, dude, these Browns are scrappy. They're playing well. Sleeper defense. And, dude, it's one of those interdivision games. And as I always say, interdivision games always hit different. So I think the Browns could overtake the Ravens. Just as a small disclosure, please don't take us on betting advice. We're <laughs> very bad at this. All right? We're not doing too good. We literally had – well, actually, we didn't do swinging it last week because it's like the biggest like week for underdogs that there ever was. We could have picked almost anybody and won it, but we decided not to not to do it because we had Jason on. That's hilarious. Oh, my Lord. All right. I that That's a good pick. It's hard for me to picture the Ravens losing back-to-back weeks when being the favorite, but like that division in particular, I feel like you can expect low scoring, just complete grinded-out games. So that's a good pick, Alex. I'm going to go – like this was a tough – I did not like any of the matchups, to be honest. If there's one team, though, that has a, you know, maybe above average chance of, of blowing it against a team that's not as good, it is the Raiders. So I'm going to take the Houston Texans My on the road goodness. over the Raiders. They are a seven-point underdog. So I'm going big right there with you, buddy. And uh, yeah, man, let's go Davis Mills. Let's I think uh, even Houston fans are looking at you a little bit sideways if they're out there listening to this. But yeah, yeah, tons of Houston listens. It's uh, been, it's really huge. Been Houston really following. disappointing watching the Raiders this year, man. It's unfortunate. Almost had it that really big game against Kansas City, Jeez, but um, yeah, dude, it's really unfortunate. Oh, because- Devontae Adams didn't take it too well. <laughs> he just pushed that poor, poor cameraman. So I actually saw a new angle, and it looked like the cameraman like just like walks like right into this path and like suck a camera in his face and he's like dude get out of my way uh, i don't know if you should be pushing people and stuff but like i probably know, didn't man. warrant the push but it was he um probably shouldn't have been right up in Devonte's grill after a, a really upsetting loss yeah, yeah just, so just a thought all right well hey we got no games to break down upcoming we have a bye week i need it man seriously i need a weekend where i can just chill throw in some red zone not have to be pacing around about an Eagles game, but the following week we will be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure you tune in with us. We'll break down that game. Talk about who's going to play. I know Pickett was out of the game. Uh, maybe break that down. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that next week. 
looking forward to it. It's it's uh let let's celebrate this win. Let's savor being six and zero. This has been a magical ride. I for those of you that are also Philadelphia Phillies fans, which I know is not everyone. I know that we have our accidental Yankee and Mets fans who exist Ugh. amongst us. But for those of you, enjoy the Phillies. Well timed. Enjoy the Phillies, man. Enjoy the Sixers. This is the most fun I can ever remember. And uh, let's get let's get our boys healthy for 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 the following week. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for kicking Peace. it with us. Peace.